Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend yes yes yo from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on podcasts, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show i am sitting here sitting over there at the helm today she is making us sound good she is the duchess of the dorks she is ashley pickle howdy hi how are you i'm doing well i guess we should probably welcome in the um the third member the real reason today. everyone's here so that we go to the greg powers memorial power zone check in with next level athletes greg powers hey buddy the memorial zone sponsored by chicken express sponsored by chicken Ooh, express i like it listen that's what we need we need to get like chicken express up there we yeah. just need to have you surrounded by chicken <laughs> I'm fine with I'm okay Before he goes to talk Takes a big old gulp of sweet tea And then starts his point like, yeah, <laughs> Really should That's yeah. that's the way it should that's, be That's a money That's a money play <laughs> Today is Wednesday February 3rd 2021 295 days till Thanksgiving Episode 1104 11.04 This is the Edinson Volquez episode Wow That's a former red That is a former red How about that oh, He was pretty good He was pretty good in his together. red days too That's, uh, that's right <laughs> He had a yeah, he was not superb for the Rangers, and then he went to the Reds, and he was much better. I thought he was Reds, Giants, Rangers. No. He started with the Rangers. The Rangers drafted Did he? I do remember that because so he, was part of, he was part of, not to get too far in the weeds, they had this trio of pitching prospects, Thomas Diamond, John Danks, and Edison Volquez, and they called DVD. Okay. Uh, I remember this very distinctly. This is like right in my wheelhouse. And um, and. Thomas Diamond ended up being a bust. John Danks was good after he got traded to the White Sox for a couple of years. Um, and then Edson Volquez got traded. I think he – was he in the Josh Hamilton trade? He was. He was in the Josh Hamilton trade. How about that? I have a Rangers shirt on right now. How about that? <laughs> and then Josh Hamilton, of <laughs> That's course. That's my contribution. <laughs> also played for the Reds. Also played had, for the Reds. Had a breakout year. Got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of Reds-Rangers wow. synergy. Do we have first four through the door? <laughs> we sure do. It was Tony Blaylock, Allison Brown, who is headed to the dentist to get that toothache Good. fixed. Aaron Arbuckle and Rob Hadaway. Welcome in, fellas and lady fella. Yeah, thank you very much for keeping us posted on your dental health. We really appreciate it. <laughs> um, so, do you know what today is? Today's February 3rd. National Signing Day. Today is National Signing Day. We'll get to that with Greg Big Carson. day in Cruton. That's a, that's a big day for a lot of people. 
Is it a birthday that I should know? It is not a birthday. Okay. Today's my 10-year anniversary at the company. Oh. I realized that today when hey. I was Congratulations, I sta- I started, bud. I started here at Dave Campbell's at um, on February 3rd, 2011. <laughs> um, and now it's 10 years later. That's crazy. How weird is that? That's it's awesome, been though. A decade, Congratulations, so. man. Yeah. That's a big, hey, that's a big uh, monumental. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of magazines. Ain't been fired yet. That's Ain't been fired yet. <laughs> that's yeah, a lot of words. This will be my eleventh. This will be my eleventh magazine. Do you think you've written or spoken more words? Oh, spoken. Spoken. No doubt. He speaks it. like eight hundred words a minute that's when he right. really gets going. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> like, I know you can type you talk, fast. You gotta talk speed. Here, but, you know? <laughs> but I mean, look, we're out here spitting. It's been, it's been, it's been, a, it's, it's been a, yeah. I'm the. Twist. That's awesome. Congratulations. The, thank you. I'm the twista of Texas high school football broadcasting. You know Originally I mean? tongue twista, just a little factoid. There you go. That's why we keep him around. The other reason, our mountain. The, the other reason we keep him around. I'm Greg Tepper. That's Greg Powers, and this is this week in Cruton. It's this week in recruiting. Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete. That's so much easier to do when follow y'all are both in the same Twitter spot. <laughs> at G Power Scout. Follow, him on, uh, follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at Next Level D1. See his fine work at TexasFootball.com slash recruiting. And of course, this is brought to you by our good chicken friends and our good sweet tea friends. Although I'm not a sweet tea guy, our good sweet tea friends at Chicken Express. Still don't get it, I but know, whatever. I, I'm yeah, sorry. Whatever. I, I, I'm, I'm He's like, I've worked 10 years at Dave Campbell's I'm not gonna Texas lie. football. I don't like sweet tea. I'm not going to lie to the people. I'm just not a sweet tea guy. It's too sweet for me. You like barbecue, so I guess you get a pass. And you like Chicken Express. I like Chicken Express. <laughs> I like Chicken Express. I like that gravy. Anyway, all right. It is a big day. Uh, today is National Signing Day uh, across the state of Texas, or across the state of Texas, across the nation. I guess theoretically across the world. Like if you're, yeah. if you're like, because there's been an influx of guys from Europe uh, coming in. And Australian being, kickers. Australian kickers can <laughs> sign today and stuff like that. Australia does produce the best punters as well. Yes, they do. They're punt. They've got. There's like. It's like pro kick. There's like. There's some. Uh, there's some punting and kicking. Organ. I think especially punting organization down there. I just think if you're Australian, your leg is stronger. It's just that's science. It's like a kangaroo. Kick your chest in. That's science. Um, but before we start with this week in recruiting, I want to read you a tweet from a uh, former colleague of ours here at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Our good friend David Ubbin, of course, now The Athletic. Um, he writes for Tennessee there. He's at David Ubbin on Twitter. I want to I wanna, try this on for size for him. He wrote, this is at 11.23, tweeted, The early signing period put National Signing Day on the mat. The transfer portal may have delivered the death blow. This is the quietest signing day in the modern era of recruiting. Agree? Disagree? Notes on 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 Mr. Evans' take because it, it struck me I was like you know what it, it does feel relatively ho hum. The early signing period is definitely more relevant as that it comes to like breaking mm-hmm. recruiting news. I think what now you can kick back and do if you're a high school program in a state like Texas is celebrate the fact that your players are having an opportunity to sign mm-hmm. and you can concentrate more on that. And that's something that I've been big in my belief as I've looked back at. 20 plus years of cover and recruiting one thing I feel like always gets lost on signing day as fans you know either celebrate or agonize about whether they do or don't get a player is that it's a celebration for everybody who's been involved with that player's process up to that point they can have a ceremony they can uh, 
have that celebration with their uh, family, their coaches, their friends, and have a chance to go to play college football and go to college. I think one fact that's lost is that a lot of these guys wouldn't be going to college if it wasn't for athletics. So these student athletes do have that opportunity, and this is a day that should be like Christmas in some regards to them. Um, but it's definitely different from the day you used to wake up yeah, the first Wednesday in February and go, who are we going to get, you know? Mm. And – this just the, doesn't happen yeah, anymore. The advancement of the internet and highlight films and all that stuff kind of changes the game because that was the one day where all national media transcended into the recruiting world and reported on it. And now you get some of this throughout the whole course of the year. So it's watered down a bit from that standpoint as well. But I think you brought up an interesting point that I wonder if – so the National Signing Day is for the college football it, it, the emphasis is on the college football side. It's on who's A&M getting, who is UTEP getting, who is Texas State getting, right? Yep. It seems to me, and correct me if I'm, if I'm misconstruing your point, today is a lot more about the supplier of the, of the talent as opposed to the, the, the buyer, so to speak, of the talent. This is about the high schools and the celebration on that side as opposed to you know, us focusing on, oh, who's Texas Tech going to sign today? I think it should be. Yep. I mean, I think there should be a lot more of, of more focus, especially locally, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, of course, all of the, you know, here at TexasFootball.com, we're going to report on who the Texas Longhorns, the Texas A&M Aggies, the Horn Frog, you know, we're going to report on who those teams signed and uh, not only in the early signing period, but what changes they've had since the early signing period to help advance their classes uh, in the 2021 cycle. But locally, I think that you should really, hey, you know, Garland Lake View Centennial's got, you know, four guys that are signing. I mean, that just throwing that mm -hmm. number out there. But, you know, an abnormally high number of guys going to play at the Power 5 level in comparison to other years. Plus, they probably have a, a host of other guys who are going on to other programs that aren't going to get the national recognition, but they deserve their own recognition for being able to accomplish that. And uh, that's something I like about signing day. I think that's, I think that's a good way to put it. It struck me as, as correct that it felt – as somebody who has woken up on at set alarm for 6:30 a.m. and stuff like that, you know, to to cover National Sign Day and especially that blitz in the morning that goes from about seven o'clock until about noon, um, you know, it it does feel quieter. But I don't think that that's necessarily, uh, uh, you know, a bad thing. I also don't think that's necessarily, you know, taking away from the celebrations that are going on at these schools, especially for for kids. I, I think it's the lower it's real too. big in small schools. Yeah. Like I know in Atlanta, like we had one guy go to TLU, and that was huge. Like the yeah. whole school, we sat there and watched him do it. Like for I sure. feel like this is the day that like it's really cool for those small classifications. So let's get to our uh, our tent poles here for this week in recruiting here on Texas Football Today. Let's start with our prospect on the rise. Our prospect on the rise going to DFW. Talk about a guy who I think really broke out in the playoffs. Especially. And that is Rockwell Heath wide receiver Jay Fair. Uh, he is a 2022 kid, so he'll be playing his senior year next season. And he has, um, I, I was not the only one who noticed that Jay Fair was really good. Uh, he has suddenly added a ton of new offers this week alone. Indiana, Notre Dame, USC, SMU, Florida, and Auburn. That goes along with AM, Tech, Houston, Arkansas, Georgia, a few others. Uh, Jay Fair a name that is 
pretty quickly rising up everybody's board, it seems like. Yeah, and he's an electric wide receiver. Put, receiver, put up huge numbers this year. He collected uh, 73 receptions for over 1,300 yards, scored 14 touchdowns, and this is a guy who really can move inside out. You know, I think he looked really good in the slot, but he's going to be a guy that can add some versatility to the edge as well, playing that position, and just electric after the catch. That's what I really like about his game is he can make people miss in the open field, duck and dodge, and make those big plays. You know, And when you look at the production level, you, of course the yardage stands out, but I like that he got his hands on over 70 balls. And that Rockwall Heath offense is not an offense prior to this coaching staff that mm-hmm. uh, threw the, the football around a whole lot. But when you take into account that they have a great quarterback in Hoover and now they have a great wide receiver with – Jay Fair, this is an offense I think is going to be clicking on all cylinders heading into next season, and you better have uh, Rockwall Heath, I think, on your radar as one of those teams to watch next year uh, making a push into the playoffs and could be a state championship contender. Yeah, I think they surprised a lot of people with their run in the, in the playoffs this year, and the best maybe yet to come, especially with a number of these youngsters like uh, Jay Fair, their wide receiver, coming back. Let's get to our commit of the week, and our commit of the week may be called the flip of the week. Yep. The flip of the week, because we're talking, you know, there is news on National Signing Day, and that is this morning we've got news out of Tyler at Tyler Legacy 2020, uh, 2021 tight end Garfield Lawrence has uh, switched his commitment. This is a tough, tough blow for Kansas. They thought that his last name was Lawrence. They thought he was a lock. But instead, (laughs) he's flipped his commitment and signed with Houston this morning. You know, we've talked a lot... Uh, both on on the air and off the air, about Houston's recruiting class a little bit underwhelming in our regard. This feels like an important flip for them to maybe gain some momentum back on what their recruiting class is going to look like. And a little bit of a typo. D.N. Garfield-Lawrence. That's my mistake. Sorry about that, Tep. Um, This is a guy who really played well in the playoffs. Step Mm -hmm. went to one of the games and said that he was one of the best talents that he saw all year. He checks in at number 101, I believe, in our DCTF top 150 which we rounded out from a top 100 to a top 150 early this morning so Lawrence is one of these guys who fills that traditional defensive end role you know he's a long and tall 6'4 so I mean I'm saying he's there are guys who are listed at 6'4 and there are guys who are 6'4 and he's one of those guys who's a natural 6'4 with long arms a huge frame to add and hold weight and not only can get after the quarterback but he's uh, strong at the point of attack where he can chase down and uh, chase down ball carriers and hold positioning in the middle of defensive front so I think that this is a guy that's really going to help that Houston Cougars defense uh, transition into one that can help them compete for the conference championship and they've done a pretty good job heading down the stretch here we, we kind of laid it on them a little bit in the early signing period, but they've bounced back to have some good signings uh, with in this signing date and get some good key commitments in-state heading down the stretch here. Yeah, that is a big-time flip there for Dana Holgerson and the Houston Cougars as they get uh, defensive and Garfield Lawrence to flip from, uh, you know, I mean, let's not, let's not you know, let's not overthink it. It's flipping from a, a power five to a group of five. Mm-hmm. Now, I would, I would, this is me, my perception is that the Houston program is healthier than the Kansas program right now. That's just my take. But at the same time, anytime you flip a kid from a, from a, from a, a power five team, to, to go to a, a group of five teams, so to speak, I think that's a, I think that's a, a big move. And, and those are the types of things we're going to need to see more of from Dana Holgerson's bunch as I, we go on. I agree 100%. And there are a lot of people who are going to look at his ranking and say that we missed on him. He should be a top 100 lock, but he's right there on the mm-hmm. edge of it. So um, one of those 
one of the best players now in Houston's class. We're talking this week in recruiting with Greg Powers, the next level athlete here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation at hashtag TF today. All right, let's go to our underclassmen of the week. Our underclassmen of the week is going to Houston, and this is a big one mm. for the Texas Longhorns as they have reeled in a commitment from uh, Jadon Blue, the running back from Klein Kane, uh, a guy who uh, currently raised a four-star prospect, uh, I think fair to say one of the very best prospects in the state of Texas in the class of 2022, uh, a complete back there, and he chose Texas over Alabama, A&M, Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma, Ohio State. I mean, Texas beat out the big boys here, and this this is a uh, this is the a, a class maker. This is this feels like a real um, foundational piece of a 2022 class for Texas. And this is. Um a guy you look at the offer list he has and he had way more offers than the ones that I listed here when he committed to Texas but I listed the ones that I think gives you a clear snapshot of what type of commitment this means for the Longhorns you know A&M I'm, I'm seeing 35 offers yeah, yeah. A&M &M is the the key team or your key competitor in state Alabama the premier running back school probably in the country Georgia if not mm -hmm. equal with Alabama, a step right behind them with you know producing NFL quarterbacks, LSU, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. Those are the offers. Like when you look at someone's offer list, those are the offers that you key in on. They're perennial championship contenders, and they produce running backs who succeed in the NFL. And this is just a huge commitment for Steve Sarkeesian and his staff there, uh, adding on to the back of Armani Winfield, who committed um, – you know, a couple weeks back. So they're starting to roll the roll downhill a little bit in 2022 recruiting, uh, signifying that, you know, it's going to be a battle. Texas A&M has a great 2021 signing class in mm -hmm. state. They're off to a fast start in 2022 as well. And as a fan of recruiting, I'm really excited to see now what this means. Texas versus Texas A&M. We don't get to see it on the field anymore. But mm -hmm. now we're going to see it, I think, in recruiting often. Well, and let's just, if I may, can we give some love to Stan Drayton? Sure. The, the running backs coach, the, uh, I believe, he, is he still associate head coach? He may not be associate head coach. He's the offensive, they call him offensive run game coordinator yep. uh, there at Texas. Since he's arrived, and Shahan J. Raja brought this up, um, they've landed Keontae Ingram, Bijan Robinson, Jonathan Brooks, Jordan Whittington, right? I know he was, uh, he's, yeah, they're moving athlete. him kind of all around, uh, but Jordan Whittington and now Jaden Blue. I mean, uh, they are they're hauling in some big time running backs. You cannot say that Stan Drayton's not pulling his weight on that. And he stuff. coached, I believe, Ezekiel Elliott at yep. Ohio State. Um, and I think Blue can remind a lot of people of that style of runner. Mm -hmm. He's a guy who really gets it going downhill, always falls forward, can catch the football out of the backfield, and is just an electric player in that Klein Kane offense. I mean, this guy is a lot of fun to watch. A <laughs> lot of fun to watch. <laughs> when we saw him at the Next Level Athlete Camp, we always have all the recruits write down their offers mm -hmm. on a whiteboard. And he was one of those, like, I asked him to write it down. He goes, yes, ma'am. And he writing and writing and writing. And I was like, He's like, Shana, what are you doing? And he was like, well, you told me to write all of them. I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't know there were that many at the could've time. Could have just been like a bunch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, big get for Texas. Swagger. Oh, yeah. 
That's a word. Did he not have swagger? He did. He has yeah. like that swagger. He does, him, and know? he's got a great personality too. Like he'll be really outspoken at, U- at UT. I think it'll be a really good fit there. And let's run it all out with our recruit of the week. Our recruit of the week. Let's go down to Beaumont, where there's big news in the Golden Triangle. Uh, Beaumont Westbrook, 2022 safety Bryce Anderson is back on the market. He was a uh, an LSU decommit. Uh, he was an LSU commit. He is now an LSU decommit. Uh, and now everybody's kind of jumping back in the pool, uh, including getting some offers from out of state like USC, Utah, Duke, etc. cetera. Uh, that joins pretty much kind of everybody. Uh, this is a guy who's a four-star prospect in Dave Campbell's Texas football's uh, recruiting rankings, a guy who is probably, it's fair to say, he's one of the best defensive backs in class 2022. Oh, easy yeah. to say that. I mean, he's one of the best athletes regardless of position. Mm-hmm. I want to say... I remember talking about him, and he was the underclassman of the week at some point last year, and I think he had, I think we talked, 62 sub-varsity touchdowns before he got called up to the varsity team as a freshman, and then, I mean, he's just been playing tremendous lights-out football there as well. I mean, plays quarterback, plays defensive back, moves around and does a bunch of different things. He's just electrifying. You know, he's one of those guys that you really – we know that defensive backfield is his calling at the next level, right? That's the spot that he's going to be playing. But as a quarterback as well, he's super fun to watch. And just one of those guys, I mean, you you can't take your eyes off of him. When he steps on the field under the Friday night lights, he's a phenom. And he's going to be making some plays and have Westbrook there as a contender. I mean, they're always a contender, right? They're one of the top teams played in the state championship a couple years back. Um but he's going to have them right there where they need to be. He's the guy you can lean on uh, to be that one guy who can transcend all the other guys on the field and make special things happen. And a hard hit now for two weeks in a row for LSU. Last week, B.J. Allen was our recruit of the week, and he was an LSU decommitment from the defensive secondary. And now you have Bryce Anderson also falling off their list, and there's a lot of Texas A&M smoke right now behind the the recruitment of Bryce Anderson. A lot of people feel like that's where he's going to end up, and that's a conference rival for LSU. So it'll be interesting to see what happens or what the next steps are for Bryce Anderson. It's going to be very interesting. One of the most dynamic players uh, in the state is back on the market here in the state of Texas and always on the market. I guess I probably shouldn't say that. Mrs. (laughs) Powers may not like that. He is not single, but uh, I don't know. Give him a call. See what he says. It's Greg Powers, the Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter, G Power Scout. Follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter, Next Level D1. See us. Fine work at TexasFootball.com slash recruiting. And I guess we should say, mm-hmm. if you guys like recruiting talk, we're going to have a very special edition, live edition of recruiting talk, right? We're yep. going to have mm-hmm. a, 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 what we're going to call it? Yeah. Uh, signing Day Special. Yeah. yeah. Signing Day Central. We're going to sure. keep rolling today after TFT today. Uh, well, I don't know. We'll try to start around. Yeah, One. we'll try to start about y'all. Y'all head back uh, to the Facebook page around one one oh five ish. We're gonna start a, another uh, mm-hmm. special live programming, and yeah. Powers is gonna just give us some insight into that actual National Signing Day that we didn't just cover right now. Yeah. So, uh, surprise! It'll be fantastic. we're back, and we will. If you're listening <laughs> on the podcast, we'll dump that in the podcast feed as well. So don't worry yeah. about that. We'll make sure you guys get that as well. It'll be a special edition of uh, the recruiting. Uh, round signing day special national signing day central with pickle and powers perfect yeah what a title (laughs) 
Uh, thanks, Powers. We'll talk right. to you soon. Although you can stick around. We're going to do some college football postmortems. You do awesome. We'll do right. it. We're at Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Fact. All right. Pickle. Post time to do tips. some um, time to do a little bit of uh, college football postmortems. We're rolling through these this week, uh, wrapping up the 2020 college football season here in February. Because you know why not? They're all on the YouTube page, cut separate too. If you want to go back and watch just one individual, we're gonna pick it up today with Hoot Hoot, <laughs> the Rice Owls. Gonna talk some Rice Owls uh, football. Uh, here and, and taking a look at, at what they were able to do this year. Of course, Rice had a very odd season. They went 2-3 and three this year. Uh, and so we're going to get hand out some grades. We're going to start with the offense. Offense, I don't really think... Um, I mean, it's just me. I'm going to give them a D-. minus. Yeah. Uh, I thought the offense was pretty underwhelming. I thought that they were a team that, uh, you know, under Mike Bloomgren, they always want to establish the run. They pretty much failed at that mm-hmm. on a consistent basis. I mean, they averaged fewer than three yards carry this year. That is just not going to cut it. Now, I think they were able to throw the ball a little bit more effectively than they thought whenever they, you know, whether it was Mike Collins or Giovanni Johnson, whoever mm-hmm. was out there, they were able to throw the ball a little bit more effectively than maybe they thought they were. But overall, I thought the offense was pretty underwhelming, and especially that offensive line got beat up. They're, 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 quarterbacks were constantly on the run they were not able to establish the run the offensive line i thought was pretty darn bad uh, and as a result i thought that really cut the legs mm-hmm. out from underneath the offense and if they're going to fix that that's if they're going to fix the team and get, get move them in the same right direction again it's got to start on the offensive line in my opinion i'll give them a d minus on the offensive side i won't give away what the next grade is for their defense but the offense not being able to capitalize on the turnovers that they were given was the most mm-hmm. frustrating thing because the defense would come up with some pretty decent sure. amount of turnovers and then there was just no offensive production that could get done. Yeah. So um, let's go to the defense. And I think I'm probably underrating them a little bit, but I'm going to give them a B minus. That I think you could really make an argument for a B. B. Yeah, I would say um, about a B in this one. I think it's closer to. Let's put it this way: it's a B minus, but it's closer to a B than a C plus. Yes. And the numbers are really impressive. I mean, this is a team that was 12th in the nation in scoring offense. This is a or scoring defense rather. A team that's 21st in the nation in total defense. Right. I mean, the numbers are really good. I think that those numbers are probably not indicative uh, of, I mean, because here's what they did really well, okay? What they did really well was that they picked off the ball a lot, Mm -hmm. okay? They had a ridiculous interception rate, Mm -hmm. top 10 interception rate. They they came up with big plays, and as a result, they turned the, like, they were able to to kind of bend, don't break type, uh, type stuff. And so as a result, they were pretty darn good on the, on the defensive side. I think part of it, uh, now, I think if you dig into the numbers, their rushing defense was not incredible, right? Yeah. Their passing defense was not incredible, but they came up with big plays at the right moment. Mm-hmm. They were buoyed by those splash plays. They were buoyed by whenever they would get to the quarterback. They were buoyed by, um, you know, uh, big interceptions at the right time. So overall, on balance, I think that's a B minus. Yeah. And it's a team that that I don't think it was an elite defense. 
I don't think it's as elite as maybe those top line numbers indicate. Right. I think when you dig down, it's a little bit more kind of smoke and mirrors. I think you could say their top f- or their back four were. I thought their back four were pretty were good. Were pretty elite. For I sure. mean that that that's what gets them up to that B threshold rather than the the C plus. Entirely agree. So I'm gonna go B minus for Rice on their defensive side. Team MVP. Uh, I'm going to give it to linebacker Blaze Aldridge. Yep. I thought that he was their best player. I'm not just saying that because he's transferring to Missouri, but uh, I thought that he was. <laughs> I thought he was their best player. I thought that he was overall their their best overall talent on the defensive side. I thought that he was a guy who really stepped up in a leadership role in that defense and led the way for them. Um, he also has the cabbage. The hair. The hair is excellent for Blaze yes. Aldridge. Um, the name and the hair. But that's going to be a big loss for them going forward as we kind of transition into the 2021 expectations. Um, I think that they could use. I mean, Rice had such a bizarre season. Yeah, okay? this was a. T- I mean, we were sitting here on this on this show saying we every don't know single if week, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if we're ever going to see this team take the field because mm-hmm. they backed up. I mean, even when Conference USA got going, mm-hmm. they were, um, they were. Eh, you know, we're we're going to hold off uh, longer, yeah. and longer, and longer. They ended up playing five games. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I draw a whole lot of conclusions about the trajectory of the Mike Bloomgren era at Rice based on 2020. No, there are other programs that I do right. Like we talked about North Texas yesterday. I know North Texas had a weird year. Everybody had a weird year, but I do think that that is more. That's an established li- program. That's already. more in line with what I think we know about Seth Luttrell's program. I think that this is, in a lot of ways, I think 2020 is just going to be a bit of like a an, an aberration and yeah. and not necessarily a sign of things to come for Rice. So I don't want to put too much stock into it. With that said, you know, look, they're going to have a fair amount of the defense back, mm-hmm. which is good. Now, they do lose Blaze Aldridge. He tra- he's transferring. Um, uh, they, they, they do, um, you know, they, they are going to need to, to fill that up. Um, they're also losing, you know, Juwan King is transferring. Their running back mm-hmm. is transferring. They do have some playmakers they're going to need to replace. But I do think that overall, I don't know if I necessarily change my opinion on where Rice is and where Rice is heading. Right. Um, and of course, look, they got the big, they have probably, you know, one of the most impressive wins in the state when they went to Marshall and beat previously unbeaten mm-hmm. Marshall. Yeah. They also um, had a quad doink this year. <laughs> they also had a quad doink. Um, I would just say that this is a, I don't know if I necessarily put a ton of stock into saying that Rice is definitely uh, taking a step back. I'm very interested to see how they fill out some of the pieces offensively mm-hmm. and can they get the offensive line back churning the way that they need it to in order to get that offense from a D minus to again just like a B. If they yeah. get to a B, Not then you're talking about you're talking about a team that in a weak conference USA West, I think can contend for a division title. I think too this goes back to your article, like your hot takes article the other day of even high school programs that as they had they had a good defense and it kept them in games, but it was the amount of they didn't have their offense set and then mm-hmm. they missed so many games. You can't you can't expect a whole lot of offensive production when you're not out there playing every week. Right, I th- I, I totally agree. So there you go. That is the race postmortem. Let's move on. Smew. Let's talk about the SMU Mustangs. Of course, our cover boy of the 2020 Texas High or Dave Campbell's <laughs> Texas football. Um, with uh, uh, Shane Bouchelle on it. We're going to hand out some grades. The offense, I'm going to give an A-. minus. Now, again, I would probably say it's a little closer to a B-plus than it is an A, mm-hmm. but I think an A- minus for SMU feels right. What I was particularly impressed with was 
the balance that they were able to have. Because mm-hmm. for all we talked about Shane Bouchelle, and he had another 3,000-yard passing year, for all we talked about some of the you know weapons that they had, and remember, halfway through the year, they lost their best weapon, yeah. Reggie Roberson. But they had that depth there with Rishi Rice, uh, with Kylan Granson. Um, uh, they, they got uh, Tyler Page and Danny Grayson run. Mm-hmm. But when you add in the rushing attack with Ulysses Bentley, right, with TJ McDaniel, who also got hurt in the middle of the season, yep. right, uh, with Tyler Levine. Like, they were able to beat you in a lot of different ways. I thought the SMU offense was one of the best in the state. Mm-hmm. And I think that they are – that it was a, a really terrific offense to watch um, that, you know, look, I, I, we thought they were going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. If they had stayed healthy – I would have loved to see just how good they were going to be. Right. Uh, but overall, I don't think there's anything you can turn your nose up at for, for SMU offensively. I'll give them an A minus. On the defensive side, I'm going to give them a C minus. Okay. Yeah. Um, maybe a little bit generous here. But this was a team that had all sorts of trouble um, getting off the field. And a team that had all sorts of trouble forcing splash plays. A team that just didn't do anything on the defense particularly well. They didn't stop the run very well, um, and teams, you know, knew it. They were gonna run. They were gonna run at you. Um, they did not stop the pass very well. I mean, this is a defense that I think struggled for the most part. Yeah. And you know, when you're giving up 33 points a game, I mean, it's great that you're scoring 37, right? Right. But you cannot go out there and say, "Hey, offense, you have to have an A plus game, or else we're going to lose." Right. And more often than not, that was a situation. I can't necessarily think of a defense that was able to come up that came up with. Um, I can't come up with a, a, a team that a game they played where the defense really took center stage. And it was it was frustrating because it was the epitome of you look at the game overall and could quite literally say if they could have just got one or. At max, two stops. Mm-hmm. Then, then you win. Well, you you the, all the games flip. Well, and the you thing know? Is, I mean, the thing is, I mean, you, you look at some of these numbers. Like they were ninety seventh in the nation in third down conversions, like allowed. Yeah. On defense, like you just can't win that. Thing. No. You just can't win that way. If you're not if you're not stopping them on third down, and you're only what eighty second in interception mm-hmm. rate, like you're you're in the you're in the negative in um in in turnover, turnover margin. margin. It's just hard to win that game. It's hard to win that game. So I give the defense a C minus. I don't think it was terrible. I thought it was a little bit disappointing. Yes. Uh, team MVP. I'm going to give it to the freshman. I like it. I'm going to give you Ulysses Bentley the fourth. I thought that he was uh, really the guy that, that especially there was a lot of pressure put on him when TJ McDaniel went down. Mm-hmm. That all right, you got to be our guy. You got to give Shane Bouchelle some some um, you relief. Know, some relief. And sure enough, he was terrific. Uh, 913 yards and 11 touchdowns. On the ground, that's what you need, right? Mm-hmm. Now, like, I think that his emergence is one of the most promising stories, I think, for SMU heading into 2021. When you take a look at 2021, uh, look, once again, as Sonny Dykes likes to do, they've been very active on the transfer market, mm-hmm. okay? Um, bad news, bad news, they're losing their top quarterback, Shane yep. Bouchelle is transferring, or he's going to the NFL draft. They're losing their top tight end. Mm-hmm. Kylan Granson's going to the NFL draft. They're losing one of their backup quarterbacks in Terrence Gibson. He's transferring. Um, they're losing their backup tight end in Kedrick James. He's transferring. He's in the transfer portal. But they've already filled in a lot of these roles, right? They're getting Tanner Mordecai from Oklahoma. I would say he is... He Let's, let's, let's be generous. Let's say that he is going to compete for the starting job. I think it's probably his to lose. Yep. 
But and I don't think he's transferring in to be a backup. Right. So between him, they bring in Trey Siggers from North Texas. Mm-hmm. They bring in a trio of tight ends. Yeah. In Grant Calcaterra from Oklahoma, Simon Gonzalez from Texas Tech, and Nolan Matthews from Arizona State. They are bringing in a bunch of guys, which is kind of par for the course. So look, I think if you were to look at the at the overall numbers of what they've got coming back for SMU, I don't I don't necessarily know that the numbers are all that impressive, right? Like they're losing a lot of that defense mm-hmm. and they're losing a lot of the production they've got offensively, right? Especially because Shane Bouchelle's leaving. But I think that we have now reached the point, in my opinion, that Sonny Dice gets the benefit of the doubt as far as identifying transfer talent Mm -hmm. and finding the right fit, guys who can sit in here and and, and fit in immediately. I give him the benefit of the doubt, so I'm pretty bullish on SMU heading into 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, one or two of those things goes wrong, and it all goes to Kapalui, but I do think that... Sonny Dykes has earned that benefit of the doubt on the transfer market. And so even though they're losing a number of big-time playmakers, mm-hmm. I still think that they're going to be a problem. I think alone what he did with Shane Bouchelle was enough Absolutely. to prove that, right? Because you look at his tenure in Texas, and it was real rough oh, yeah. for Texas fans. For sure. And you're going, well, okay, it's SMU. Can he even? And then he comes out probably the best quarterback in yeah. the state or mm-hmm. in, in the conversation. Yeah. So that is SMU. I'm pretty bullish on them hanging into 2021. Finally, Pickle... Let's round it all out. Down in Austin. Let's talk about the Texas Longhorns. Texas Longhorns go 7-3, and three, um, which I think a lot of Texas fans are pretty disappointed by. Obviously, the Texas administration is pretty disappointed by. They fired Tom Herman. I'm going to sit here and make the case that it wasn't as bad as people think. Yep. That's what I'm going to do. The expectations are talk- slightly high. Let's talk about the offense. To put it lightly. Give them the offense an A. I thought the offense was great. Yeah. I thought now, now that's not to say that the offense was consistently great. No. But I thought that overall, on balance, the offense was very good. The, I give them an A. The fact that B. John Robinson didn't play earlier I mean, look, is there, the one thing that's now there like, are some que- yeah, I know I have some questions about some <laughs> usage, right? That's the one thing. But, but overall, but look, this is a team that was that ranked fifth in the nation in scoring offense, nineteenth mm-hmm. in the nation in in total offense, right? There were it was not nippy and again I would say this is closer to an A minus than it is to an A plus. Yes, I would but agree. I thought the offense was really good. And the way that they were able to um the way that they were able to grind you know, hold on to the football, you know, I think that's one thing that was really impressive. They were able to hold on to the mm-hmm. football. They were able to beat you in a variety of different ways. I thought you saw Sam Ellinger grow up and have his arguably his best season. Yes. Uh, he was very good. Um they were able to run the ball regardless of who was back there. Mm-hmm. Again, I have some usage issues. Yes. <laughs> but I think overall, if you take a look at the offense, you got to say, yeah, it's pretty darn good. Well, and it's, I, hard, it's hard to argue that they were necessarily this trash offense. Yeah, I think, too, Texas thrives when they have a dual-threat quarterback. Mm-hmm. That seems to be just throughout their history. They thrive in that essence, and they had that, and they worked with it. <laughs> and look, if you want to argue that they didn't have a number one receiver, I agree. Yeah. If you want to argue that they didn't have a number one running back, I agree. If you weren't, you know, Keontae Ingram, I thought was a relative disappointment this year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought the offensive line held up pretty darn well. Mm-hmm. And I thought Sam Ellinger covered up a lot of warts and got them to a really nice offense. Um, I give them an A. I give them an A. I know that there are people who are going to yell at me about that, but I think that the offense was pretty darn good. On the defense, I'm going to give them a B. 
They got better. B was, I would they I got would say that better. if you asked me after the first couple of weeks, I would have said we're trending towards a D. But <laughs> I think that they got better as the season went on. I think that the rushing defense was always consistently pretty good. I thought that their front was pretty darn good. Joseph Isai, I thought, had a really nice yes. year. I thought their front was pretty good. Look, did I love the the secondary all the time? No. no. Uh, I would have loved to see them get after the quarterback a little bit more. They were good at stopping the run. They weren't necessarily good at pressuring without sending extra guys. Mm -hmm. They weren't necessarily good at turning the ball over. It took them too long to figure out what they were doing out on the field. Right. They looked lost. They they did. There were times where they looked lost. I do think they improved as the season went on. And yeah, I'm going to give the defense a B. Uh, I thought the defense was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not spectacular. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, Once they figured it out in yeah. the second half of the season, they they weren't terrible. No, they were not. I thought it was. I thought it started off real rough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they figured things out. So I'm gonna give it a B. Uh, my my team MVP. I'm gonna go a little bit off the board. I'm yeah. gonna go with Sam Cosme. Okay. The offensive lineman. I thought he was the like the. I thought he was the central figure in the strength of the team, mm-hmm. which was I thought their offensive line was pretty good, and I thought that they and I thought that a lot of it started with the, the with Sam Cosme. I thought he was their most important player, and so I would give him most valuable player, a guy who stepped up in a big way, and and they needed him to be a leader on that offensive line, and he was, and I think he he elevated that whole unit to help them have a pretty darn good offense. So I'm going to go with Sam Cosme as my as my MVP. So now look forward to 2021. And look, a lot of questions, <laughs> right? Yeah. We don't know what Steve Sarkeesian's uh, going, the team is going to look like, Mm-mm. right? We, we uh, don't have the same quarterback that you've lot, had for so many years. There's a lot of changes, right? Yeah. Sam Ellinger's gone. Brennan Eagles is going to the NFL draft. Sam Cosby's going to the NFL draft. Joseph Osai and Taquan Graham are going to the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Caden Stearns is going to the NFL draft, right? So you've You're got Bajon coming back. And by the way... Know. They are maybe setting the record for most guys in the transfer portal right now. Yep. You're always going to see that with ever a coaching change, but Quinton Jackson's leaving, mm-hmm. right? He's going to Utah. Keontae Ingram's leaving. He's going to USC. Um, Xavier Alford on the defense is leaving to go to USC as well. Um, you have got a lot of guys that are moving around. I think Texas is a real mystery heading yep. into 2021. Real mystery. Now look, and I, 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 I will... Um, I will always tell you this. I'll, I'll, I'll um, I will summon my uh, one of my football analysis heroes in Richard Johnson, which is the bowl game is the worst, worst, worst data point. It's the worst data point. So stop putting a ton of emphasis on it. With that said, if you want to be excited about Casey Thompson, I think you can be. Yeah. And I think that there are some playmakers around him that are going to make things pretty fun to watch. Right? If you want to do that. If you also want to say that the defense brings back, you know, a decent amount of their talent from last year, mm-hmm. I think you're within your rights to say that. The offense needs an overhaul. The offense yes. is going to go through a lot of changes. And they've got a guy in, who's going to, in Steve Sarkeesian, who is an offensive guy, who's going to want that kind of blank slate. Well, he's got it, right? Yeah. He's got it. I think they're a mystery heading into 2021. I think their defense has a chance to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think their offense is shrug emoji. And we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So, there you go. That is Texas's post-mortem. 
And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, I think that the only final thought we have right now is we will be back in 20 like minutes, 20, 15, 20 minutes. Um, so hop back on Facebook. If not, we'll be on the podcast. But if you are interested in hearing Powers speak about some national More signing case stuff, we'll be back in just a few minutes. Are you excited about it, Powers? I'm real excited about it. We have two Texas Hot 100 members left to make their decision. Parish Episcopal Ooh. offensive lineman Austin Ook mm-hmm. and Cypher running back LJ Johnson. By the time we come back onto the air, it should, should be done. Okay. So we'll see. So stay tuned for some breaking news. That's going to do it for us. <laughs> Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Hey, Powers, thanks. Hey, you're welcome. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. I never Vince Young, please meet your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.